Let's go. Welcome to the Rough Housing Podcast. Let's go. I'm Justin Rourke. This is John Pico Baby Martin. And today we are joined by Martinique Simmons with the Simmons Insurance Services. Excuse me, Simmons Group Insurance Services. That's it. Nice. And we have Chase Pingle with Converse Insurance. That's correct. Correct. Thank goodness. All right. Welcome. We're looking for sponsors. Someone's got to help us keep these lights on. Do you have a business that you want promoted? Are you in the Austin or San Antonio metro area? Start connecting with everyone in the real estate industry and abroad that need to know who you are. See our contact in the uh, in the show notes uh, attached to this and uh, reach out. We'll plug you. Let's roll. And Let's look, hey, we can't do anything without y'all, you, the people, everybody that's watching this thing, man. So if you like it, please hit the like button, hit the little bell notification, subscribe, share this bad boy. Let's blast it out. We're starting to get some traction here at this point. This is episode six. We've released a little bit to the world, and uh, you know we, we like what we see, and we like kind of the stuff that we're hearing from everybody. So let's keep the wheels turning, like this thing, share it, and let's let this thing go viral. So let's, let's get, get big. On. Get on. Uh, I have a disclaimer. Uh, you may get offended at what we have to say, and uh, if that's going to be the case, go on ahead and move to cat videos. Uh, nothing we meant, nothing that we say is meant for advice or investment tips or possibly even our real feelings about something. We may say stuff just to be funny because we're here, we're friends, we're cool. So take that context with it. If you can't handle it, go on and get. Get on now. Go on and get. Get. Okay. All right. So, so today, you know, every every kind of episode, we like to focus in different industries that are, you know, kind of uh, collaborative with the real estate world. Obviously, you guys are insurance brokers. You guys have been doing this for a long time. You both are very successful at what you do. It's a grind. It's similar, to kind of the same shit that we have to do every single day. You guys are chasing the carrot. Nothing's guaranteed or given. That's right. So, welcome. Um, thanks, you guys, for so much for for coming on and hanging out. Good to be here. Yeah. So, Thanks for having us. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, as we kind of go through this thing, there's a few things that Justin and I like to like to do. Um, one of them is we kind of like to start these things off with what we call today's beef. We've got beefs. Everybody's got beefs. This was for dinner. Right. Justin, what is today's beef? Today's beef is um, why is the insurance world trying to punish us right now? Ooh. Martinique, your thoughts. Um. Well, do you remember all of those checks y'all got during COVID? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. yeah, well, insurance companies were like, we're going to get our fucking money back one way or the other. So when you thought they were being nice to you, no. Okay, so chickens coming home to roost. Yeah. Is there a, is there a... That's not an the only reason, obviously. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure. Well, is there an inflation aspect to that as well? And, oh, for sure. And I have questions about how y'all devise these things. There's an A word. Well, so, so, so but to put some on. context on this, just to give everybody a baseline, I mean, over the last 12 months, insurance rates have gone up. I mean, I don't know if y'all have kind of like a general statistic we're, on what that looks we're like. We're hovering right now. <clears throat> DFW and Houston are way worse than Central Texas. Really? But right now, across Texas right now, we're hovering at around a 42% rate increase with no claims that have made you go up higher than that. That's fucking that's, massive. That's average. That's baseline. That's, that's average. That's like, Lowest that's renewal like, I've seen is 30%. Oh, yeah, thirty percent people call us and they're like, "Hey, it's got thirty percent." I'm like, 
clap for yourself. Sweet. So was that was that was that like an overnight progression, or was that how did that how did that happen? Because I mean, like that that's relative mm. to like our housing market during the COVID you know craze, where like over a two year period we had forty percent. But I feel like y'all was a lot shorter lived as far as what, where the hike came from, right? Probably based on on the the premiums after about. A year when those things come due, then you're like, hey, we've got new numbers and new yeah. figures in order for us to stay afloat and keep keep what we need. I mean, I feel like I'm talking for y'all, but uh, I imagine y'all, everything changed. Everyone's price points changed. <clears throat> this is just y'all, this is how it well, ref reflects on y'all's I can tell you what the start of the perfect storm was, was the winter storm in 2021. Mm. Um, so that- Snow <clears throat> the, mm -hmm. the little statistic I throw out there to people is that it was the third most costly natural disaster in the history of mankind. Wow. So there's like this Chinese earthquake Whoa. from like the 1400s, the Fukushima, if I'm saying that right, Fukushima earthquake. Yep, that's And then right. the winter storm. So the third costliest. Now, it doesn't make the news like Katrina or something like that. There wasn't that much lost life. Uh, but when you talk about the price of it, so insurance is a slow moving vehicle. So that was the start of increase in premiums was that. And then we're on the third year in a row of the worst hail losses on record in Texas. So you're seeing Texas get the brunt of this, but this is nationwide. But Texas has really taken the brunt of that hail storm and the winter storm. So it's a perfect storm. We talk inflation, storm increases. And then also one thing that's going to bore everybody, but a really important factor that most people don't see is the reinsure market has gone crazy. And that's what we don't see really a light at the end of the tunnel coming for. What is reinsured? I was going to ask the same question. Marnie. So reinsurance is basically the companies that back the main company to make sure that they can pay their claims. Okay. Which is why I'm sure you've seen insurance in on insurance. Insurance yes. for your insurance. Insurance for wow. your insurance. That makes sense. Okay. Basically, um, so I'm sure you've seen State Farm, California. State Farm said, "No, we're done. We're done writing in California. They can't get a reinsurance company, so an insurance company for the insurance companies to back those claims." Who are these companies that back the insurance companies? And do they have to? Do insurance companies have to shop brokerages as we shop house insurance? Yeah, shopping kind of the same banks. thing. It's like, yeah. hey, yeah. So the hedge funds, big big money people, like you need mm -hmm. them to, to back you. And I'm these sure these are behind the scenes bank. I'm sure they so, make so money the off the proceeds. Level. Sorry, I'm sure they make money off the proceeds and all that stuff. And there's there's a there's an investment tool that right. and metric that they have to hit. So unpack why they are increasing their side of the monetary piece. Is it just because I think it's very weather related? Or okay. why, why would sure. they why would they be leaving California though? With what you said, right? Did I hear that? Back correct? to what to weather? They're, they mean, they see wildfires. Oh, wild because we see the hairs, mudslides, exactly. and also that weather event too, as well. That Mother Nature just fucking up. It's insurance fucking everybody up. Yeah. Yeah. They is. see different uh, risks than we do. So yeah. we see, you know, wind, hail. Those are the the big drivers here. California right. wildfires, mudslides, things like that. That's mm -hmm. crazy. So this is why we have people that, you know, we specialize in our little niche here and there. But th that's fucking awesome. I never thought that. Did you know that insurance companies has it had insurance companies? I figured that's so, what would you, I figured that I had to they answer were the backed, question. right? Well, you had to ask, ask the question. Okay, I have my insurance with this company <laughs> and this company goes out of business, but I still have my coverage what what happens then or like kind of like a FDIC, like a builder kind of having a, a warranty company afterwards something right. something like that well banks have uh fdic see um, i always assumed I'm, it was all in-house money just because of the premiums they could mm -hmm. collect a, a, a scrooge mcduck pile and well, so just, we've had about six carriers over the last 18 months that have gone belly up so what happens is if they don't have enough in their coffers to pay out claims through the next year because you'll have they still have to keep you on the books until you're unless they get completely bankrupt, keep you on the books for that next year. 
So when they run out of money in their coffers, that's where the reinsurance comes from. Wow. And because of how many companies have ran out of money in their coffers over the last two years is why you're seeing reinsurance being, they're just changing the risk portfolio, right? So they're saying our risk is not zero, where right. we're gonna have to come in and pay these companies. That makes sense. So let me ask you this. I mean, so when, when, when State Farm, the bigger, bigger entities are dipping, shoveling out claims, I'm sure that affects their insurer, right? Like who takes the brunt of having to shovel out the claim money? Is it the the front leading insurer or is it the the back? The reinsurer is only going to come into place if the other one runs out of money and goes bankrupt. Yeah. Okay. So the, the, yeah. the the chances of going bankrupt are much higher today than they were pre-pandemic five years ago. And there's a lot of different factors. Um, so reinsurance doesn't come into play unless they go bankrupt, which. We've had five, six carriers. I don't have the exact numbers off the top of my head that have gone out of business. But some Florida-based, they're like, oh, we understand coastal. Mm. And then they come in here, and they don't understand our hill. Right. Um, they come in, and they underprice everything, which I love writing it, right? For right. that first year, yeah. I'm like, yeah. hey, it's I can amazing. save you $1,200, $1,500 yeah. yeah. a year. And they're good. Like, they pay the claims out until they have no more money. Um, so it's, a, it's great when we have new carriers entering the market, but we haven't had a new carrier enter the market in about 18, 19 months. Wow. And we used to have five, six enter the market yearly coming into Texas. So what is that? What is that? Uh, it's wait. Is the carrier the same thing as a as the like State reinsured Farm, right? backstop, or is that a or is the carrier define that for me? Because I, I don't yeah, know what so terms are, I'm playing with here. Right. So um, are, are you in the independent model as well? Mm -hmm. I am. So the difference between a State Farm and an independent model. So State Farm is a captive carrier. State Farm sells State Farm. They don't sell anything else. Mm -hmm. um, we are independent brokers, so we are selling whichever carrier is going to come out the best. So we're always looking at which carriers are entering the market, which carriers are leaving the market, which carriers, and sometimes we'll see a carrier that's really top of the line, best in customer service, and then they have to look at their books and say, hey, we've got to start getting a little stingy here. Um, definitely don't want to name names on that, but we see that. And that's because the coffers are getting emptier. Right. And so State Farm, they announced their, their losses for last year, which was $13.3 billion. Jesus and I always Christ. say like, none of these insurance companies are in this for charity. Well, what's their uh, incoming yeah. problem? I mean I, I mean, I guess obviously, right. I mean, it breaks down when your money out's way yeah. greater than your money in, but I mean, they still gotta be making money on that that grand scale of like State Farm, right? They, <laughs> so their premiums yep. still gotta be fucking If you rewind back to COVID, so COVID was, 2020 was, such a profitable year for insurance companies. Mm -hmm. Nobody's on the road, nobody's driving. Auto claims are non-existent because right. nobody's driving. But so people are still pushing money. Right, home insurance claims, everybody's home. So the accidental water discharge, you're not seeing any of that. You're, I mean, the risk has plummeted in right. 2020. So insurance companies were so profitable. Fast forward, 2021, snowpocalypse, blew it like I said blew everything out of the water that was the the start of this snowball effect that same year i think june we nice had pun. four is your birthday what did no. you say nice month no nice i said pun. nice pun oh. but it was my birthday month <laughs> I, was like, I did, did, I did spend my birthday week <laughs> yeah iced in on my at my house with my three kids while my wife was uh stuck working at a hospital at that point oh. in time happy birthday so, justin happy Mark. every year every <laughs> year I, I get yeah. frozen over it's okay it happens. It's all Sorry, babies in February. <laughs> right? Everywhere. <laughs> um, so that same year, June, I don't know if y'all remember, there were, I think, four hailstorms within a two-week span. Damn. And it just continued all year. You're just getting hit with weather-related, you know, catastrophes, basically. Shit. So there's no, and up until now, there's not been a chance for insurance companies to recover. Right. Where they've said, okay, we've had X amount of time pass with no large events, you know, we're making money, we're good. We don't have to take the 40% rate increase. We're gonna take rate increase because we're not charities. Right. 
but it doesn't have to be that egregious. So like other other so those big companies like State Farm and stuff, and I understand what you guys do. You guys are like kind of like headhunters, brokers of sorts that just fish out the, the best coverage for your clients, which is awesome. That's why I choose to carry my insurance with people like yourself. Get with these people, let them cover your shit. But if if one big catastrophe in Texas, is that gonna affect somewhere across the nation too? If you're a state farm, like is it isolated state by state as far as premiums go? Is it regional? I think yeah. is what shooting Yeah, for? for sure. I mean, if you wanna go look at what the insurance rates look in up Pacific Northwest versus Texas, Florida, California, which we're like the three worst. In Louisiana, they hang in there, but they, they really are a coastal risk. Right. So once you get Interior. 100 miles into, into Louisiana, you're not looking at hail, all those different right. things, and they're not as populated as we are. Right. So when you look at Texas, California, Florida, we're the ones getting the brunt of it because we're the ones losing them the most money. Um, but also on what she was saying, another thing why insurance companies were super profitable um, during that pandemic time is a lot of people don't realize, well, why is there a discount when you pay your insurance in full? Well, the reason is most insurance carriers say we're happy if we our expenses and our premium and payout is like equal because where a lot of that money that they're making is in portfolio and investments. So what, what happened with everybody's investments at the beginning of COVID? Well, we, well, we thought they were gonna go down, everything mm -hmm. went up. Yeah. And so the last 17 months has been a lot more volatile in some of those blue chip type stocks that they invest in. So that's where my gloom and doom, that's my one positive, is that they are starting to see a return on that. Now, like I mentioned before, is insurance is a slow moving vehicle. So things are turning around on their investment portfolios is what I'm hearing right now. So that's good news, right? So if they're if they can be pay premiums is a hundred dollars versus payouts a hundred dollars or let's put that B or million in front of that, right. and they're equal on that, but they're holding on to that hundred million dollars of investment portfolio and they're making you know seven percent off of that, that's a lot better than what they've seen on their return. So that's the one that's the one positive I've been hearing right now is their portfolios are doing good again. Okay. So it went great, and you know when things do great, the companies they don't uh, save it. You know, they, of course. Oh, yeah. So they're seeing great dividends, and they're like, "This is what the new lifestyle we have. This is the new yeah, lifestyle." Dude, they, dude, it's coming in. It's, it's, it's hard to be The realtors and lenders that I work with definitely have the same mindset, right? Well, like, yeah. They're well, like, sales well, are yeah. never going to go down. Yeah. This is the new normal. I'm going to myself as soon as possible. Companies are no different. Martinique, when you were when you were saying, "Hey," in Chase to echoed. During COVID year, hey, expenses are really low. We're getting our premiums. We have fewer payouts until snowpocalypse. Which, by the way, I want to I want to tread there for just a second. It was it was a big deal in Texas, and there was a lot of like memes online about like oh boo hoo, like Texas doesn't know how to handle. Like, it wasn't nobody negative, could have handled it. Hey, rest in peace trees. Okay, rest in peace our scenery. I was, dude, I still can yeah. cruise through neighborhoods and see lopped off trees and little trees, stumps. Trees yeah. got so heavy with ice that they like these hundreds year old trees just broke and fell apart let alone all the all like the water heater issue to where everyone who had tankless water heaters on the outside of their house those popped and burst no one had water heaters for the next month or so after that trying to get uh and manufacturing was all over the place but if that was one event that kind of took the wind out of the sails for the insurance companies if 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 that if before then they were being really profitable then would the next year mean that they could make some more competitive choices with lowering rates if unless unless uh unless a, an event happened that they're like oh no now we're now we're doing terrible terrible but if they're doing great does that mean that we will see we would see we would have seen fluctuations in those price points in insurance and then basically it gets reevaluated every year 
Am I, is that making is that making sense? Like, like it, good year. Hey, mm-hmm. we're gonna be more competitive. We got more money in the coffers. The next year, hey, our expenses went up. We still need to make our margin and also mm-hmm. cover our costs. Okay, your costs go up. And does that happen on a like a on an annual basis, so to speak? So I, I'd say insurance trails right L- mm. slower than most industries that you would think. But back coming right off the pandemic, we were seeing decreases we were having carriers emails being like we we're going to see a 3.8 percent reduction on this and that and this and the bigger factor too is that we we're having carriers enter the market okay when that completely stops now, now we have carriers only leaving and we have them leaving in droves right we have carriers leaving uh, germania has been around for 100 and something mm-hmm. years in mm-hmm. texas and they've paused all new business great company really? um, but they have had to pause new business and one of the reasons they've had to pause is because the texas department of insurance will only let them increase at a certain level Right now, so they can't catch up. They can't. They they would like to take a sixty five percent rate increase, and they can't do that overnight. So they have to get approval by the Texas Department of Insurance. So until they can get that approval, they just have to pause. So right now, we're seeing the the power of choice, which is like the thing that independent brokers love to have, is that we have all these different carriers. Well, we're all working with like four or five right now, and we like to work with thirty. Yeah. Uh, so that's the biggest factor I see of bringing prices down is being able to let the carriers enter back in instead of fleeing the state right now. And then you'll see differences between each carrier. Like one carrier will be super competitive right now, but then fast forward a year or two, that carrier is no longer competitive. Now it's carrier B who wasn't competitive at this time, but they've gotten their kind of loss ratios under control. So now they're gonna re-enter the market at competitive rates. Hmm. So it's not so much a the whole insurance market is doing the same thing. Every right. company's Essentially, yes, doing the same thing, but at different rates. Oh, and I, I've noticed that when I shop for my own personal shit. Like, I'll get, you know, and if you've ever paid, you know, insurance through an escrow, you know, you either some years you're like, oh, here, I get a check back from this thing. And then next year, it's like, oh, this thing went up a couple hundred bucks. You need to cough out whatever you need to cough out. Yeah. So, and, and shopping, too, on new houses, you know, whoever I want to use, it's like, give me the best rate you have right now. And then I'll do it six months down the road, do the same thing. And it's a completely different company I've never heard of. So the coverage yeah. you know, is, is not similar. So it's kind of a cat and mouse game in that. Now with that, go ahead and kind of tell us what challenges does that face with you guys obtaining new business or obtaining your current business, getting new business? Has it been crippling y'all or do the, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to lead into a question that I have for y'all and I want it in a little bit before i go down that road what has this been doing to y'all's business i'll i'll start um so obviously so i used to joke when um all the lenders in 2020 were seeing these drops rates in half yeah and they were refining everybody right yeah and so i work with lenders a lot and i do a lot of their personal insurances so I see, like, hey, they're getting new sports cars, and, yeah. and, yeah. and I'm like, my, my premiums are going down. Yeah. So, we're, we're, so there's a there's a double edged sword. Are things harder for us right now? Absolutely. So we have to service a book right now where used to be maybe I, we had to reshop maybe ten or fifteen percent of our clients. Right now we're reshopping like 80 percent of our clients because they're all seeing these giant rate increases. We're not we're also not able to move them as much. So it's a lot of wasted time. So the servicing of the book is harder, but I don't think there's an insurance agent out there that would be telling you the complete honest truth if they didn't say they kind of like premiums a little bit higher now there's a there's a middle ground right i, right. I don't yeah. like the the way we're going is super right. high but at the same time like so as an insurance broker do we like higher premiums no is the answer but at the same time it does make our book of business get bigger right. um so i mean at the end of the day everybody wants is here to make 
Money. Everyone's money. here to make money. Well, There's yeah. a business yeah. model attached to but it. But also, we, yeah. we like the thing is, is I, I had a we were able to make a home buyer unqualified that was in the Houston area recently. So that is no good. Nobody wants that. And that's because on a four hundred thousand dollar house, that was because they were looking at an older house too. Right. The lowest insurance premium they could get was five thousand dollars a year. Jesus. On a four hundred thousand dollar house. And so they, they couldn't buy the home, and that's what nobody wants to be saying. Yeah. Right. There's, well, a, happy, there's, a, happy, there's a happy medium. There's a happy yeah. medium, right? There's a happy medium. When your insurance rate kills the deal, that's never a good feeling. Oh, and, that, and yeah. I get that. You toss it up like a little ball. Uh, uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, I was going to say, uh, doesn't that... Um, doesn't doesn't that come back at the end of the day because people are going to need insurance? Always. I mean, people are, that make it may kill a a it may kill a sales deal at least temporarily until mm-hmm. like their finances get there or hey they have to reach. Mm-hmm. It's going to factor into housing prices in general. Just right. like interest rates are going up for lenders, and that every time the interest rate goes up, sales prices are going to come down to reflect right. that monthly payment. Insurance goes up. Well, now we need to factor that in, and right. uh, and Let's lenders say- are projecting. Hey, this is what your insurance is likely going to look. Look like here too. Here's what you're qualified for mm-hmm. for buyers. So that maybe means like a lesser priced home for that for that period. So, right. but people are going to need car insurance. People are going to need house yeah. ins- home, mm-hmm. house insurance unless there's no carriers. Then I guess the price, you know, I don't it's know a if you see this situation. But like with lenders, you just like yourself. Most of my business comes from lender referrals. Mm-hmm. Well. Lenders are still estimating, oh, this insurance should be $100 a month. It's like, oh, they, they, no. no. This there's house no such thing. No way. <laughs> this house is in Houston. It's a fucking dinosaur. The right. roof is 10 years old. Your mm-hmm. minimum premium is six grand, and that's the best we can do. Six yeah. grand for a fucking yeah. annual wow. premium. It's, it's funny wild. is this Austin lender who I mainly work with, and then they'll be doing a home in DFW, and they'll they'll put $1,800 annual mm-hmm. estimation. Eh. And I'm like, there's nothing under four. Yeah, and that drastically changes your monthly payment. Yeah, that's the other thing is two percent deductibles. I I think by the time twenty twenty four rolls around, there probably will not be one percent wind inhale deductibles. This is what you told me on the on the phone the other day. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of curious. So, but I'll tell you what the what the worst thing that could happen where I I see this maybe impacting the real estate market is you're gonna see like look at Houston right the the prices of homes there are less because you have to build in all the different insurance aspects. So not only flood, wind, and the home is, when you, especially when you look at uh, investment properties, um, there's gonna be some intu- institutional investors that come in that are gonna say, we're gonna not do insurance because we don't have a loan. And right. now mm-hmm. we're able to come in and buy this house that the other person would've been qualified with, but they would've had mandatory insurance. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's where I don't think anybody wants to see things go. See, but that, that's such a little, that's such a little small nugget of, of the grand scale of home buyers. I mean- Well, it, if we, if things don't start well, I mean, the baseline, right? Well, yeah, but I mean that 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 has that's multiple layered, right? I mean, we can talk about that. I mean, the the more investors we have in in the market, means other things are doing well. So right now, I mean, in you know, the cash game is just kind of not a lot of people are buying houses with cash right now, just because of the overall economy. But the loan piece is going down too. Folks, but, yeah. folks are holding cash. So uh, real quick, so the. Is this kind of a, the the genies out of the bottle? Insurance companies are too scared. Of, what if we go three or four years without any catastrophes on a weather spectrum? It's one of those deals where they're, they're still uh, like, where they're still like, nah, it could happen. We, we we can get away with these high premiums. Do you think yeah, it'll ever go back? Months. I think it'll take eighteen months of not the worst hail season on record, which is like what we've. Seen but will they? Will now. they? Will they kind of backtrack and they'll never go back to where they were before? Mm. You know, they've they've discovered. I don't think this is the new normal as okay. far as insurance prices. I think once they get their loss ratios under control, which is why you see carriers pull out of certain areas of Texas. I mean, there are carriers that will write in certain counties and 
and others they won't. Whereas before, mm. they were writing all over Texas. Didn't matter. Right. Um, Hell's a bitch, huh? Is hell, is hell the most kind of consistent? Texas, well, Texas for sure. Of course, when you see the Houston area, they're they're worried about the hurricane, catastrophe, yeah, hurricane right. type mm-hmm. situation. So, um, hail is going to be the one thing that's a constant for the state. But of course, like we subsidize Houston's hurricanes, right? So, if you live in Austin, you're paying a little bit of premium to help to subsidize the whole state. Tell me more about that. How does that occur? Is that done on like a state? Statute tax law. I mean, I'm not an underwriter here, but oh, like, are you mean it spreads that's from like actuaries? Oh, that's, yeah, that's like they're, they're saying okay. That's well, the word I was looking for. I was like, actuaries. it's an A A word, but I yeah. don't know. They definitely nerds up in home nerds, office. Yeah, nerds, yeah. big oh, brains. Yeah. Yeah. Money they definitely yeah. look at Texas and they're like, okay, well, we're going to add 20 percent just because you have a T and yeah, it's yeah. Texas, right? And you're going to bleed dry. You could have a hailstorm because we have crazy uncles that might burn the house down. You know, I just. Uh, sorry, sorry. Did y'all see? Uh, did y'all see photos of the hail from like? You sent me one of the best ones I had. I, it went through my skylight. Wait, it, which one? Did it? Oh, oh the my hail. God. they were like huge. It oh, looked like yeah, that deal. You oh, said. It looked like, like a little meteor shower happened. Yeah. Okay, so like so oh, which was in October, by the way. Which is that's fucking wild. Pretty wild. wild hey, wa- because we don't see hail. The, the, the scientists need to get on their shit. Ask an insurance executive whether or not they believe in climate change. Oh, absolutely. There's not a there's not an insurance executive that's like well. Because like, well, I mean, y'all probably <laughs> have legit data. statistic, yeah. statistical yeah. data that can. If you're a really good meteorologist, you know who you work for. The insurance. Yeah, so well, yeah, for That's sure. Fair. That's hilarious. Okay, so here, here's the big one. So we always ask this with people. Different. Everybody knows how we get paid. Y'all understand how we get paid, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's pretty. Everybody knows the real estate, our Scrooge McDuck real estate deals, where we just, just you know, sh- collect Talk, our shekels for everybody. Yeah. One deal, I'm good for life. How do y'all fuckers get paid? It's a percentage. Uh-huh. Every carrier, every carrier has a different percentage of what of what they're going to pay your commissions at. So those commissions can be ten percent for new business, or they can be eighteen percentage of what of the total annual premium. So if I sell you a policy and that policy is a thousand dollars a year, thousand dollars a year, and I sell you with a carrier who pays me a new business commission at fifteen percent, I make one hundred and fifty dollars on your deal. Okay. So whenever people call us bitching about their rate and they say things like, I pay you X amount of dollars. No, no, no. You don't pay me X they amount of dollars. You pay, pay the company. So, I make yeah. a small piece So of similar to the lender game, like our, our our kind of fruit is, you know, rewarded in, you know, smaller transactional frequencies. Y'all probably have to keep the frequency high to actually make some good coin, right? I mean, are you guys... I guess in the in the in the insurance world, how many how many premiums does a successful? And you don't need to dip into your personal finances, but well, yeah, I was gonna say if we're talking finances, uh, you got to help. I just always like to know, like, yeah. like. So I say on the personal life game, um, a good agent is quantity more than like a total total premium on a single deal, right? No, and that's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, so like, exactly. so like per month, and, I, and I'm assuming so, like lenders. Lenders work right, so on the, like an annual basis right, with their the bits, biggest, right? The biggest, whenever, like the reason I got talk, talked into insurance by a family friend, the difference between real estate, real estate lenders and all those different things, and the reason that we do care about servicing clients the way that we want to is like, we think a good client should last for five years, right? We'd like right. them to last forever, but like when we look at which client's worth bringing on, that year, first year, that's like barely, barely skid in the game. Like we don't make much of that. But when you look at, okay, we service the client, we do the things. So we're making that same commission now. It's a little bit less on your second year, and then it stays equal. So you're looking at with most carriers, it'll be like about fifteen percent 
of the premium in the first year, and then 12 to 10% the year after that. So what we look at it is, that's why we also, if you're a good insurance brokerage, you have a good service team, because we're looking at a client that we want to stay for at least five years. Mm-hmm. And if I knew a client wasn't gonna stay for three years, I wouldn't really be interested in having them. See, but to me, that that seems like the, the return is, is, is still, Small in the big picture scheme of what I, you know, I know the the financial rewards of anything you do in your own personal business, and right. I, I respect everything y'all do absolutely, and I I know that the returns there. So I mean, so it's, yeah, it's building up the book, it, it's right? It's building the book, so it's just like it's just like anything else. It's like well, the, yeah. the relationship yeah. piece. It's like I always tell everybody in this industry, this isn't a transactional industry; it's a relationship industry. You have to really right. dig in and get it done that way. So is it? Last question, and I'll shut up. I promise. So. Is it like a yearly thing? Does it are there tier systems or is it cut and dry? You close this deal and this you get a full annual premium, you get fifteen percent. Well, depending, we if pay you pay you. monthly, I'm gonna like so with certain carriers. Some carriers pay out the full year. Okay. Some carriers, if you go on monthly, I'm getting like sixteen dollars a month. Yeah, off of you. Oh, so your yeah. yeah. books are weird then, huh? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, I yeah. guess y'all have to. So like, we, like for example, um, like the people who the person who processes our payroll is it's a lot of work processing yeah. our payroll because we'll have it on average like nine hundred different commissions that are coming through on a monthly basis because they're some of them are seventeen dollars, fourteen dollars, yeah. and then fifteen hundred bucks. And then of course, commercial is a different ball game. Um, commercial, you will see that nice pop, right? right. And then also commercial, especially when talk about surplus a lot of our commission comes from fees which are upfront fees that we do charge so in commercial you'll be lucky to have that client for five years uh, home is a lot different um, you know your home buyer you want to build that relationship with commercial it's different you never know how long that person's gonna own that asset all those different things right. but um, so I think insurance is way more about uh, what you did last year is what you get rewarded for this year yeah yep. it's not today money it's tomorrow money so you get to ideally you get to a point to where your book Sorry, is so big right. that you don't have to constantly chase that carrot. You're not constantly you know, chasing the white rabbit, yeah. making sure that your pipeline is full, you're writing X amount of new business. Your book gets to a certain size to where your main focus now is maintaining that book. Yes, you, obvi- yeah. yes you obviously yeah. want new business. You want to continue to take on new people, but you're not as aggressively doing it as you were in the beginning. After year three, which I like to tell my agents, um, after year three, you start to think this is my base salary and new business is my bonus. Right. So, and then, so your base salary should go up every single year because you're building that book of business. So every single year you get a raise. It's another, it's another brick on the wall. Right. So every year you should get a a raise and then that's your base salary. And what you do this month is your bonus. and And I guess like, you know, these premiums reset every year. So do you have the same people is it easier for you guys to keep business because y'all can shop around? So like if, if a premium goes yeah. up, y'all can be like, hey, fuck them. Let's go well, yeah, with somebody so, I mean, else. I started yeah. out captive. And the reason I left captive was so farmers took the biggest rate increases they ever taken. This was back in 2012 when I was an agent there. And they took a major rate increase. And, you know, I used to be like, well, I'm such a great agent. Yeah. <laughs> and now, you know, it's, it's harder to remove people today than it was t- yesterday. Right? right. But now we get to say, oh, your premiums went up. Well. Let me go check thirty different carriers for you. See, that's, so, and I encourage yeah, that power of choice that you yeah. provide. Yeah. Those and are options. I, I encourage everybody you that you should check. This year is a different year, right? This is a horse of a different color type situation. But I usually tell people twenty percent to fifteen percent is where you should shop. And this year it's forty five percent. So it's a, it's a different Ooh. ball game. Um, and even forty five percent is you're probably not going to find something better. Like it's more like seventy percent is really For where you want to jump. So that's back to the what you were saying about your book is we are in this industry obviously to make money yeah um, of course 
but every carrier is doing the same thing. So it's not like our premiums are going up on our side, they can go to carrier X and get something cheaper. No, everybody's going up. Right. So a lot of times that 45% rate increase is still the lowest. Right. So we're getting a 45% increase yeah. so raise yeah. This, on that policy. Well, this, so this, this is the, the COVID is, years for insurance carriers. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to jinx us. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to jinx us, and that was me knocking on wood. But definitely, I think the next tree to fall will be the carriers giving us a call and saying, hey, guys, you know that 15%? That was that was really nice. I don't know if you've seen it yet. I mean, we've gotten some emails with some carriers that are like, But it's all about the it's all about the like the bottom level clients. They're like, hey, you know that person with three accidents now we're going to only give eight percent yeah they're going to get the repeat and so you're like okay well i can avoid that three accident type client so it's just it's going to start inching up so they're coming for us there's the way they're coming for you (laughs) yeah yeah i guess that's crazy but the the biggest hard market the biggest the biggest thing that's going to change this (laughs) market which is the one thing that none of us have the pedigree to know is when is the reinsurance market going to change because the reinsurance rates on a new carrier are through the roof right because if you think someone's going to go bankrupt it's going to be that new carrier well who's going to bring the bigger carriers prices down the new the guy selection year the business well right. you can't be a new guy right now when the reinsurance costs are so high that you can't get investment capital you can't raise those money in your coffers to be able to pay out claims so the real end of the tunnel is when we see the reinsurance rates come down which to be honest is a translation of two different things as bad portfolios and then weather so are people trying to clean up their portfolios and what they take on and what they don't take on and once it For gets sure. clean they're going to oh, feel yeah. more confident take more risks well the carriers have rates. gotten risk adverse um right now so like three claims like right now is a death up. sentence on your auto or your home. Like you have three claims in five years, which a lot of them are going back seven years now. Like good luck to you. What do uh, what what do speeding tickets do for um, your insurance? Oh, you're fucked. Like for sorry, for John. <laughs> okay, so yeah. Did you take defensive driving? Listen, it's listen, better listen, than let me, DWI. Let me, let me but uh, don't ask him taking on my course. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. That was your jab. Your secret fucking nut kick. So. I got my first speeding ticket in the, the years, dude. I haven't gotten any in a long, long time. Okay. And it was an aggressive one. Uh, it was nothing crazy. But Tit over? 15. It was, yeah, I was going like 120-something. I was racing a I Tesla. don't know if uh, there's 105 speed it was, it was whatever. I don't remember. I have the ticket, and I'll show it to you. But anyway, so I was calling the courts. Like It took them like two months to like register who I was, you know? And the girl was like, hey, you have here's your options. Look. The reality is, it's like if I add a defensive driving class to my schedule, my bandwidth, I would rather not. I'd rather just throw money at something. So I did the dismissal thing where I paid the money, and then if I go six months without doing that anything doesn't wrong, help. that doesn't do anything for your insurance. That's so deferred, isn't that deferred adjudication? Doesn't matter. That's deferred adjudication. Called one of y'all. So, so the thing. So what's going to happen? You're mm-hmm. going to see a major rate increase. So the only way God you can get away it, with a speeding ticket, sol- you don't even be soft with me. Are why, you, why do you call your insurance agent? This is what we're here for, right? I didn't so know. The, I didn't think that the there only, was that. The, no, again. there's the only way that you can help it with insurance is before they register it with the DMV. And so, if you call, so before they register it, you can do that defensive driving class instantly before they register it, and then they don't report it. Once it's reported, which I have clients call me all the time, they're like, "Hey, I saw my rate went up, so I went in and did the defensive driving. What does that do? Nothing. Nothing. Once it's reported to the insurance companies, there's nothing you can so do. So what if I just, what if I just settled? What if I just date. settled like two days ago? Can I call and read? No, 
You're done. Rebunk it. You're done. Well, what I don't are know. Deferred adjudication. About? So if it goes away, they they said it's going to re be removed. No, once it's reported to the insurance companies, there's no taking it. But once they do deferred adjudication, I thought I if thought you deferred do adjudication, deferred adjudication, yeah, it doesn't get removed, reported until after. So I, from my understanding, which the carriers are changing the rules every day. Yeah. But from my understanding, once the carriers reported about it, they don't go backwards. How much money so are we I, talking? I thought How much more am I going up? Thirty-five to forty. Jesus Christ. Oh, I would have said like 50 or 60. Mother oh, I was being nice. Oh. I heard 75. <laughs> I was being what real. Are we <laughs> 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 on, on all vehicle premiums, all of them, not just the specific well, the one, one that I was like, in. Like the insurance companies are like, you know what? That guy going to take a comedy class at Golden Corral that's telling you not to break yes. your heart. Oh, is it really, oh, it's, it's not really doing okay, too much. What, what if no, I the, just. The, com the comedy defensive driving. I'm the, not first one, the first one uh, I ever went to was in the bottom of the, there's like some sort of like halfway hotel uh, off of uh, oh, off of Ben White and what's the B what's the B we're right next to Southridge Bannister Bannister and it was Dang. awful there was a terrible this guy yeah, was not a comedian that's gnarly yeah. out there and that was and it was a rough class and it was bad jokes but it, it all doesn't it doesn't help you actually driving so what the carriers have found out is that it's like something they sort through a stat what I if mean, I just pay my premium in that car well, do today you, do you do telematics and it, like that's the one thing you can do to lower your telematics. rate. So now you download an app on your phone and it's gonna watch how you drive and how, watch how much you text message. I don't want the fucking big brother eye in the sky. So is it check, is I know, check email. It's, well, it's gonna send you a report on how you're driving, right? So what's more effective, like the comedian at Golden Corral telling you not to brake too hard, or a phone that's like actually telling you? Dude, like, I, to brake I, too I, hard. And you can I, even pick your trips. Like if you look at your app, it'll say, "Hey, was this you driving?" And if you drove shitty that time, you can say, yeah, "Don't count that." I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm, I'm telling you. you I'm telling you straight up, the road. I write novels of emails while I drive. And I mean, like, I'm this never not on my phone. So then you I don't want to be on telematics. You are yeah, not I don't want to be on no, no, no. I'm not. But, but I, would, I normally don't do it. I mean, knock on wood, I'm, I'm a great driver. I mean, Why I, don't I can you use voice? Oh, it still counts voice to text. I can multitask. No, it doesn't count voice to text. It doesn't count so voice to text? So what it okay. actually tracks if you're, if you're out there and you're using telematics, um, so what it actually tracks is movement of the phone. Oh, I'd be fucked. I'd be fucked, fucked. Yeah. I mean, so but well, so it's mount your phone and yeah, start using talk to text. Nah, nah, I have a rhythm. I'm not breaking my rhythm. It is what it is. So if I paid my premium for Haggerty for for next year, if they get this would oh, be you balling? May, maybe you balling with a Haggerty? No, no, it's not fun to do. But if I do halfway through the year next year, I just paid it today, uh, four like two or three hours ago. Will they come back to me and be like, we need more of your money? We heard you got so a speeding ticket. It's not going to yeah. re-rate till your renewal, but yeah. So I got another year to, yeah. to see where this thing goes. So if it falls off in six, so six months, it falls off and in they seven don't years. Push it through, Chase. You were kidding. I mean, you need to be who, softer uh, with this delivery. Okay, you're scared. It's years. all about relationships, Most right? Now. Yeah. <laughs> Progressive seven years, travelers seven yeah. years, we're stacking our seven years. That's wild. Seven years. I was right. I was gonna say that uh, the def the defensive driving the comedy defensive driving isn't bad because I did get uh, so the first one was at that bottom of that hotel the second one I did was with some broad who used to hang out with Sam Kinison back in the day and she was throwing heat that whole entire class I didn't stop laughing it was actually pretty damn entertaining so I would rather go that route instead of also the uh, the online thing you can do it online you take the pound of flesh from you you're like no you're watching this stupid video from 19 yeah but you can do it online I mean what I'd recommend doing if you do get that speeding ticket is like literally three four days later go ahead and knock that bad boy out and do mm -hmm. it online and um, submit that to the so just do it right away you do got it right away months. do 30 minutes a day question um, we mentioned relationships just a moment ago. How are so? I'm thinking about our involvement, and I'm thinking this from like housing standpoint. Obviously, y'all have multiple vectors of how people are going to get to you guys and, and Bravo for y'all 
for your successes. If I'm thinking this from uh, like a housing standpoint, we have so much investment with the with the client, uh, getting them getting them up to bat and beyond. The lender comes involved, gets involved, and they're like, "Hey, here's what your rates are going to be. We're going to help you service this loan, and we're coming in for a percentage of the time." And then it closes, and you guys are typically at the tail end of that conversation because mm-hmm. we got to get through negotiations. We got to know how much this thing's worth. Uh, we've got to, uh, you know, navigate uh, the, the closing, and then you guys put your put your uh, your premium on there. How are you? How are you building client? How are you building clientele that are lasting, as opposed to like, is it like a business to business connections, like y'all's connections mm-hmm. with us, or y'all, your connections with lenders, like with the client? How are you guys main, maintaining that? You unless guys build like the trust. Fish? You guys build the trust, and you trust us. Absolutely. True. So that's Absolutely. what it's about. And then over years time, they'll start to tr- like we're, we're very transactional. Most people are like, I don't need to have a great relationship with my insurance agent until you do. So the realtor and the lender is who builds the trust with the client. And then hopefully we've built that trust with the realtor and lender. Um, but then over time, not only am I, it's my service team that's building the trust with the client. Well, I just want to say that uh, Chase has been there for me when I've needed him, especially when I've run over rocks in Paladero Canyon. Uh, as a tr- so, do you, did I tell you that God. story? I accidentally yes. ran over rocks. We hit the same rock. Oh, Paladero you hit Canyon. the same one. He hit the same damn Three rock. Three weeks apart. Oh. Pa- parts of his car were still there. It? Like what do y'all? It, it, it was a nowhere. tricky rock. Listen, it was a tricky guys, rock. there is nothing y'all can do. To this get rock, out of that this one rock was. We both had RVs behind us, and so the rock was lower than the SUV. So you we both see a right turn out of the parking. So I had hit the rock three weeks before you. Three weeks before. And he That's hit the same. So eight hours away from here, we both hit the same rock in the same campsite in Paladero Canyon, and we would never found this place. I called on like Chase. terrible. I'm stranded. And I was like, wait, you hit a rock in Paladero Canyon? He's like, yeah. And I was like, dude, I hit the same rock three months ago. He's like, that was that plastic What campsite underneath? were you? Yeah, yeah we were on <laughs> the same campsite. So, and just so I know kind of how this relationship works, what kind of value do you bring to him as your client knowing that event well, he gets treated Well, he gets treated a little special. Yeah, we try so to do business business stuff. Of, but what happens? Like, what, what can you do to save him money in that instance? So the biggest thing that I tell people, the difference between a broker and a Geico.com is that when you call us, first of all, we're going to give you advice first. So the big, the first thing that I told him is like, you don't, today's not the day to make a claim. Today's the day to go figure out estimates and all those different factors. If you call Geico and you're like, hey, I just hit a rock, you have a claim automatically. Right. If they pay out $0 because your claim was less than the deductible, you still have a claim on your record. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the big advantages of having a broker, having a relationship with that person and making sure that person is knowledgeable. Um, you know, I want to give big credit to my service team, which is I handle Justin because me and Justin have a relationship, but usually it's going to be my service team that's doing that. So having a great service team that's personable, walking you through it, knowledgeable, all those different things is a lot different than a 1-800 company that probably that person is working there for six weeks and they're going to be there for another nine weeks and then they're going to be out the door. So a small brokerage, you know, it's family type situation, whether it's a big brokerage or small brokerage, you have those people that are valued, getting paid more than minimum wage, which is a lot mm-hmm. of those different 800 numbers, they're not overseas, all those different factors. Um, so I think that's the big, the big advantage of having a broker is somebody that you have build that relationship, whether you're building a relationship with me, because I tell most of my clients, I'm here to do you on the front end. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, if I have a relationship with you. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But most of my clients, I'm like, hey, I'm your front end guy. I'm an expertise on this. So I'm going to help you get the perfect policy. And then my service team, who's great at what they do, right. they're going to hand you on the back end. And it's not you calling a different 1-800 number every single time. Like half of our service team works with half of our agents and half the other service team works with that. So you're going to be talking to that same person. 
every single time, build that relationship. You know, they'll know your circumstances when you call in. It's not a new story every time. So the monetary, the monetary value, or I guess the benefit would be just you helping him navigate it the right way so that the long-term insurance impact isn't as brutal as it could be. Right. I mean, just being educated, I think, is the, the biggest factor is having someone who knows the industry. It's the same thing, right? Like, why do you need a realtor? Because you don't want to fall into that pitfall of, is this all these different things. Um, it's yeah. the very same thing in the insurance. And the thing is, you're not really paying a premium. Like, you go call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or call me, our pressure is going to be the same. Um, the difference is you're going to get a little bit more of that expertise. Someone's been doing it for 12 well, years. Versus yeah, they're going to tell you the, the fastest way yeah. to, to make it happen. Um, quick question. Uh, actually, I have two questions, but I want to be, I want to be fair to John. Um, does the Texas Department of Insurance <clears throat> With with them, I think you guys said for the for the reinsure group, there there's limitations on there. There's also a bunch of other limitations I know of that I think was it inner. Y'all are only limited to Texas, right? Unless you have that, unless you have another arm in a different state that's licensed appropriately. Mm -hmm. Is Texas its own outlier in that regard, or do all states work that way? Meaning, like, can you only do so insurance some states, in Texas? So states are harder than others, right? So nobody can get a non-resident license right now in Florida. And if you live outside of Texas, it's really hard to come into Texas. So the mm -hmm. safer your state is, the more likely they're going to let you be non-res, mm -hmm. non-resident. Um, I mean, do y'all do out-of-state? Some resis? No. We do a few <laughs> other states. Um, but, like, for example, we wanted to enter into Florida a few years ago before things got crazy, too. And we got our license, but then every single carrier was like, no, you need a zip code here in Florida to be able to write business in Florida. And most of Texas is going the same way, saying, because, right? So, like, let's say you live in Washington where a home costs $800 a year to insure. Well, wouldn't you rather do that $3,000 a year if you're an agent mm -hmm. um, and be able to do one home for the price of three? So they're not letting non res non-resident into those states but it's you okay know, you can use you can use industry i know terms. i just keep thinking it seems we little, educated we're a little them close you guys to, keep up we're a little close to indigenous people's day for me to say the res <laughs> <laughs> too soon that one's getting bleeped oh my god that one's bleeped. did anybody see my costume for uh casino night I saw uh, that. You know, I've wanted to dress up like that since for a oh, long yeah, time. Oh, yeah, I did see and that. you know how much fucking As black indigenous person. Up to that, that people gave me, like, uh, they were, like, freaking out. All these little fucking woke-ass millennial, well, I guess we're millennials. Woke-ass, what's, what's below millennial? I don't know. Gen Z. Gen Z. I think I'm Gen Z's. Gen Z's. I don't know. I never claimed to be a millennial, but I've been told my... The, the, I, the think we're on the I think we're on the tail end, but I think that everyone's beef is with the we Gen born. Z's. But anyways, they were tripping out. Multiple people. Like a lot of my employees and shit, like these younger people were like, I can't believe you're doing that. And I was like, first off, have you met me before? Second off, like, understand that like, I'm going to navigate this appropriately and not right. be disrespectful about it. And when it was all said and done, people loved it. And I thought it turned out great. Yeah. One of my employees is card-carrying Cherokee, so I'll ask him if he was offended. Please do. <laughs> but we'd show him my picture and be like, did this fool First do it right? First of all, he won't be offended. Be like, did this fool do it right? Well, I, 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 saw the, I saw the picture. Yes. I saw the picture. I thought it was like, wow, how much effort went into it except for the shoes. I couldn't what find moccasins. That's funny you said that, Chase. <laughs> what were you wearing? Uh, sandals. Just, you just sandals. Uh, yeah, no, so, no, no, no. Jordans? I was like, I don't think the natives wore thong sandals. So, <laughs> so I, I looked for months to try to find moccasins, and I couldn't. Dude, Walmart sells them. Dude, I, they, they look, look like house shoes. shoes. It's, 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 it's true. We were having business I didn't like, hang on a second. I'm looking for shoes. I didn't want to do like half-ass it. So when the day came, I had some like punk-ass ones that I could have used. But when the day came, I was like, the sandals match the same color. My entire outfit, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just saying the details matter. 
and the details didn't matter. You could even have done Hey Dudes, and that might have been a little bit closer. I thought it almost looked barefooted, you know? That's what I almost went barefooted. If there's if anything you listen to on this podcast, it's the fact that I noticed his sandals I'm from an Instagram for doing that. That's, that's great, Way great details. Um, I hope you like the rest of it. So I 90% hit it. You're going to take away 10% from yeah. it. Uh, the year before. I said it was great till the feet down. <laughs> Fair. The year I'll before, I, I, I took the risk and uh, we did a, uh, a disco theme tour. Were you at that one? I feel like. I don't think I was at that one. Okay. Um, we had a disco theme to it. And so everyone was picking like everything off the first did page. You wear an of, Afro? What's that? Did you wear an afro? No, I went against that idea, but ju- possibly just as terrible, depending on how you look at it. Um, but uh, I was like, what else was happening during the disco era? So I was like checking out a bunch of different things, and I was looking at different uh, costumes and stuff. I didn't want to do John Travolta, although I did buy the costume just in case, um, but I didn't, w- didn't want to do it. But um, I saw this picture of Rick James back in the day having Fuck an interview. <laughs> yes, the Chappelle, Chappelle bit. And so I did a Rick James costume, uh, but obviously did it as tastefully as I possibly could, but I wanted to go you against the grain. I thought it looked great, too. I thought too. your shoes looked great, too, Chase. I had I had red shoes. I had I had this really cool wig. Travis actually borrowed it from. Yeah, took tra- it to Costa Rica. Yeah, he took it to Costa Rica, and I got I actually got some uh, some I got some clearances, which I felt which I felt strong Validated. for. I did it tastefully, and I wasn't basing it off of the uh, uh, Dave Chappelle bit. I actually watched a ton of Rick James interviews from back in the day, even down to the fact of like every every camera photo op that I had. I had this fake cigarette that I was like just acting like I was getting nosing into the camera and doing other things. Everything that he was doing during the interview. So I went. I, I wanted to clear. I did some method acting. I will one. say, I like Dave that. Chappelle got pretty close to being Rick James as well. I mean, I'm sure he did the same thing that you did. Eh, I mean, depends same how tactic, you look at it. Sort of I think he, I think Dave Chappelle he was just being it. funny as shit. He nailed and it. Called himself Rick James. Why don't they? So the Dave Chappelle show. I mean, do y'all have Halloween costumes? Um, surprisingly, no. <laughs> so I have to, I have to be. Uh, <laughs> I think myself. What's his name? The Adams family dad. What's his name? Um, Gomez. Gomez. I'm Gomez. Gomez. My daughter's love, obsessed with Wednesday, so she's being Wednesday. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. See, I always like to go something that if you didn't know me, you wouldn't know. Who you were? Costume. Like a costume, right? Oh. So like last year, I I did full like realistic sleeves, oh, right. and I had a beanie and I had a little goatee that I like shaved my beard for. So I was like, this is just uh, <laughs> I'm Justin Rourke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? I'm Justin. But like all, my friends will think it's hilarious, but then I like go to the store and no one knows. No one I'm incognito. That's funny, man. I've never thought about it, that. It's a, it's a chance, you know. Dress up gives you the chance to be someone that you're that you're not normally, and that's why I do want to celebrate you choosing your choice. I do want to celebrate me choosing my choice. Yeah. It's kind of the fun part about it, and, and if we're doing it all in good taste, I think that that's probably ultimately the, the right thing. That's Halloween and all dress up parties. It's wild, I wasn't man. born just, in the '70s, and, just the, and I don't want to wear bell bottoms. And the the the, the flat comes from just. The last, I think people years. people being too. Sensitive. You watch movies and shows and shit that were oh, around when yeah. we were younger, dude. It's wild. They just rip it up. I've recently like dipped into things. I don't have anything off the top, but you know, just some of the references that are made, just like you know, the, the whole you know dialogue is completely different, man. Things have changed. Marnik, what are you gonna be? I don't know. Every year, I say I'm not gonna dress up, and then the week before. My husband and I are like, shit, we need to get costumes. I'm like, well, why the fuck didn't you tell me this four weeks ago? Because yeah. I started planning. So there we are, overnight in costumes to try to figure something out. So my son wants to be, he's six, wants to be Master Chief from Oh, Fort- Halo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Master Halo? Chief. That's what's Fortnite. Is it Halo? Just Halo. Yeah, it's Halo. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no idea. So he wants to be Master Chief. That's badass. It might change the day before. Okay. But it, he's stuck. It's Master Chief. We're about the costume. Um, my daughter, so she turned 10 on the 10th, okay. so two days ago. 
So we are now out of like the princess and the, you know, that You're, you're about to buckle up. <sighs> Shit, tell me about it. Um, so she's now into the like the funny stuff, right? So she got this Halloween costume that's a big dinosaur and you get in it and she looks like she's riding a dinosaur yeah. with a couple of legs. Oh, that's fun. So, so that's what she wants to do. So my husband's like, okay, we need to dress up. I'm like, I d nothing goes. Like we're not a family, like a theme family. Like we've got Halo dude over here. We've got dinosaur rider. There's there's nothing. So last year I was Black Widow. Nice. I nice. I starved myself for like three weeks to get into that <laughs> damn thing. Was the skin tight? Then, yes, like, and yeah. then it busted. <gasps> We're trick or treating with our kids and belt. And I mean, this thing is like skin tight, like so tight. We were trick or treating in Belterra. Did right? you expose yourself? I was going to say where. <laughs> was it at what part? Hips, point? Where's the doll? Where's the no, doll? Show up, me. It zipped up the middle. I'm walking. All of a sudden, the zipper <laughs> pops, and the whole thing busts open. So I have to like walk with this thing held together. And I'm holding candy, you know. Yes, like, and I'm with these like new moms that are like, oh my god. So I didn't make any friends that day. Snobby moms. Um, Snobby Belterra yeah. moms. I didn't make any friends that day. Um, I would you live in Belterra. <laughs> I would be your friend. Oh, okay. oh, but, oh, yeah, okay. the dads love me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, like, I want to yeah, go trick or treat with them. I'll tell you what I'm leaning towards right now, but it's a big of a commitment. But like, you know, when you see a guy who's like a cyclist and he has his shoes on, and when you see him walking, like to go into a store and he's like yeah, yeah. so I think like, that would be hilarious like following my kid around and, clip pop it, and then also a sock in the in oh, the drawers yeah. so it's oh, like oh this biker so you, you go for the you go for the laughs yeah but like, yeah, yeah but like the other parents will just be like this douchebag biker walking oh, around <laughs> like it's realistic enough to yeah, like the other people the game. other people will be like, "Why is this cyclist in full cycling gear with his kid?" And right. then my friends will be like, "He doesn't. He do doesn't anything. cycle one bit. <laughs> I do well, cycle, but I wear regular clothes." I know. We really need to figure it out. Well. David was like a pharaoh last year. Okay. So again, none of us matched. I think I saw him. I, I always just... I always dream about having like matching coordinated family stuff, but at, like my kid my kid parentally wants to be a hot dog. My oldest wants the scary stuff. My yeah. middle wants uh, princess stuff. And then who knows what my wife is going to be. Yeah, it's just like a hodgepodge. See, my, my ex-wife's good about trying to get us a match. I, so here's the deal. I don't like dressing up for Halloween. I don't know what it is. I just don't like going through the effort because I don't want to half-ass it. <laughs> One time in, in college, I was epic. You remember the scene on um, in Karate Kid where he was in the shower? You know the shower scene? When yes, the yes, actual yes, shower. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I built the actual shower and had it for a whole costume. It was so dope. I took it to all the bars in San Marcos. It was fucking oh awesome. Gosh. But I, I normally don't do it, but she pushes me now that we have a daughter that is verbal and is like, Dad, I want you to dress up like this. So mm -hmm. she last year we were zombies and we did a whole zombie get up. It was actually pretty cool. But she declared uh, she wanted to do that. So I'm trying summer. to get my two kids to go the same, which would be funny. Red Riding Hood and my six month will be the wolf. That'd like, be cool. Uh, oh, that'd be yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the theme ones, I mean, I give a problem. But my, my five year old changes every, every the, day. The problem yeah. to me, it's like there's, there's no platform for me like really show off except like a few like, you know, social media pics. Like with, with the party that we throw, it's like, you know, I'm going to have a lot of a lot of eyes on it. So it's like, why go through the effort just to walk that's through why your we go, That's yeah. why we go so hard you know? at the casino event. It's kind of like, <laughs> see I'm, my neighbors. I'm done. I'm done with Halloween at that point. Me too. And I, I kind of want to get to the spot to where uh, it's I am projecting some scary movie on my garage door with a with a projector. And you I got music down. playing, fog machines out. I'm cracking a beer and like you're like, oh, that's an awesome concert. Here, take this candy that I'm not gonna eat ever. Dude, Belterra's yeah. got uh, dude. There's houses that have margarita machines set up. They do a oh, big. Deal Halloween is yeah, getting way cooler for yeah, which I don't mind. Well, the thing about Halloween that I've noticed is. Uh, 
the neighborhoods have shrunk which ones are like it used to be every neighborhood and now everyone knows well you go a couple blocks down oh, or yeah. a couple yeah. miles down even like people yeah. travel Park, to yeah. go they, they to go to the, the hot spots so we go to travis countries our friends there it's really that's good. a good DC. one yeah. it's a yeah. lot of hills Belterra holds it down i will say i mean at least where we're at where are you on driftwood uh, do you remember Hay City Stores? Yeah. yeah. We are two lots of. How do you like Driftwood? Love it. Driftwood oh, seems awesome. Close. Oh, yeah. Hay we're like, we can see the parking lot. Hay City Stores is dope, man. You guys it's go awesome. there a lot? Too much. It's yeah. good. It's fucking the good. The bar's great. Drinks are great. I make, I make awesome. that drive a lot, you know, getting out to like Wimberley or whatever. That's the one thing is that, is that, so I'm sure you can make your hours a little bit, work from home, not do exact. Yes. My office, though, is literally two minutes from from my house. Okay. So yeah. there's like so a liquor mine. store on the, like if you go up the street, kind of on the corner. Okay. Well, there's like three other offices inside that building. And so mm-hmm. mine is- Last four years old. Yeah, is one of those. I've heard out. that 71 going that way can be pretty brutal. That's 290. I mean, 290. Yeah, 290. Yeah. Well, it is now with all the Oak Hill um, Parkway. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. way past that. But yeah, I'm I mean, like, like you're, you're, oh, yeah. she's well no. beyond that. Well, it yeah. depends, on, depends on how you're getting there. If you're taking 45, you'll be fine. Sorry, damn, I'm sorry, everyone. We're talking roadways in front uh, of you. Where you live? Are you? So I'm in Crestview. Oh, you're Crestview. Right mm-hmm. on, man. Yeah. Okay. So I, when we moved, so I had to move away a little bit for a non-compete with the company I won't mention. Okay. Uh, but so I started my agency back in Fort Worth and then the second the non-compete was up, moved back here and I said, I want to be walking distance to Little Delhi. And that was like what I cared about. Little Delhi is like my favorite spot. He makes a lot of decisions off of that. No, literally, I was like, I just want to walk to Little Delhi and I want to walk and get the sandwich and the pizza. And I mean, we lived in that neighborhood before and I loved it. And so I was like, when I came back, I was like, but this time, so last time was a little bit of a jog to Little Delhi. It was like like, Justin Lane, Lamar area. Yeah, so I'm on Justin Lane. Okay. Oh, okay. So So, so good, good turkey pesto? Uh, so the roast beef and cheddar, I'll plug. Okay. The roast beef and say, cheddar is the best. Like, in their pizza, I think is the second best pizza in Austin. Okay. No shit. Second best. That's fucking a bold statement. I know it is. And I'm a connoisseur. That's a bold statement. Who's the first? I, I go back and forth. Okay. Look, we don't want to make any enemies here. This is if Little Deli did have their own like wood fired pizza oven, I would give them first. Um, but I mean, it's not that. But it, it the dough. What is your first? I, it, I, it changes. Why are you embarrassed? Okay, oh, right okay, now. Right. What is it right now? Oh, he's, he's getting In squirmish. This what shade of I really Chase like, is going to say that? Because there's, it's, it's not awesome. That's why. But I think DeSano is really high up there. I don't even know what that is. What is that? Is that not So first awesome? of all, they have wine on tap, which that shouldn't impact my reasoning, but they do. Chase, your clout's going down. DeSano pizza, which the reason I don't like to say is because it's not awesome. It's not DeJuana? Mm. It's not awesome institution, but it's really good. It's also in the Crestview area. It's super good. I mean, Home Slice is good, but... Have you had Samataro? I have not. Dope. Have you had Pius out in my, my neck of the woods? I have not. Oh, come on. Conan. Pius so, is pretty good. I will say... Oh, gee. That's been around since we were oh, yeah. yeah. I will say I'm more, of a, I'm more of a burger guy than a pizza guy. Okay, I'll make a mean smash burger for you. Wagyu smash burger all day long. Crispy edges. I just got my order uh, quarter cow from Bastrop Cattle Company today. I'm really nice. pumped. Oh, nice. oh, I got a defro- this is my first order, so it's defrosting in the fridge. Right that's, now. A, that's, a, that's a wise move. We, uh, John and I have been buying, uh, John's on another meat level, but we've, been, we've bought uh, 
uh, cow before, which didn't go as you, you might know, think you're I listening expected. to Rogan right now, but I, I do shoot three deer every season. Nice. So my deer just got low. Do you ever do jerky? I do for sure. Okay. But so the biggest thing about deer is there's so much hamburger meat. I'm like, a man can only Chili do so much with hamburger. Chili. Yeah. And uh, well, yeah, but how, like, I got like 130 pounds. Well, then it's also, mixed in, it's also mixed in with pork as well, which then, so like, you can like, pick. How much so I, I switch, I switch every year. So this year I, I mix it with brisket fat. Nice. Okay. Which I got, I got a little tired of it. I think pork fat's the the go-to. See, so I so, like more fat. See, I prefer the brisket. Well, I know, but when you got 120 pounds That's of brisket lot. fat, so my husband went on a, a guided hunt last October with my stepdad. Um, bag of this huge deer. A monster. Just huge monster. We finally got the mount back. That was pretty cool. Oh, cool. That takes and a he's like looking in the living room, like, where am I going to put this? I'm like, not fucking here. <laughs> so, like, so we, oh, in the office. In I was going to say, was that yeah. being master yeah. better? That's where all my. It's in his, my yeah. stuff it's in his office. <laughs> if it gets not approved by the wife, it's in the office. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's office. funny. Um, but yeah, same thing. Like 200 pounds of meat. And I mean, I mean, we've got jerky, breakfast sausage. Ground meat, tenderloins. I mean, the oh. back straps and the loins go fast. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. like do a little, little chicken fried. A little oh, fry ooh, come on. Things, I get I get creative with the hamburger meat. My favorite, the beef bulgogi that I make. Bulgogi. But it's not really a venison bulgogi, but mm. that's the recipe you want to look up. It's like ground beef, a lot of Asian marinades, okay. spicy, over rice, a little broccoli. Okay. All right. Mm. We ate. Hey, 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 right we can dance. Bro. I was going to say, I, like, Rogan's going to be like, hey, you're stepping into my territory. Yeah, I know. Here. I'm talking I'm about a wagyu nut. I have uh, more wagyu than I, I well, like Well, I'll, I'll let you know how the Bastrop Cattle Co. is. I'm, I'm excited yeah. to try it. Yeah, out. bring it on. Wait. Bring it on. And before we digress too far, let's kind of get back on track. I was going to I was gonna say, let me, let me pull it back to intro real fast and there's one thing that i'm kind of curious about and it's kind of like a broader question what does what does the life cycle of like stages of growth look like for someone entering into insurance you get in and it's like you're obviously not going to start off at the tippy top what does it look like on, on that path because well, both of y'all right now both of y'all have your own companies and i'm assuming y'all didn't start there from my knowledge of, of everything that we talked about what does it look like? I'm, I'm going to kind of shoot towards. But real quick, moment. I just want to clarify the question: Are you yeah. saying as a producer or starting your comp you're starting your own agency? Because those are two different, completely. Well, different like questions. just like let's just say like this Candide esque person starting off, bright eyed, fresh, like but starting their own agency, starting their own agency, or starting well, just an insurance. Yeah, wouldn't so you Well, but wouldn't you start in insurance before you go to start your own agency? No, because a lot of the carriers will like farmers, for example, they say. Start your own agency. Right. Goosehead, for example, says start your own agency. So it just it, so it's, that's what I'm saying. It's two different questions. And, well, okay, let me, well, let me frame it this way: the norm. Say, rel make it relative, like a real estate license. I just got my license. I know you don't have to have a license. I just got my license. What you am I doing? License. You have to have a license. Yeah, yeah. 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 for sure. <laughs> 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 they don't just let you slam insurance. We don't have as Okay, so okay, so then then let me let me do it that way. Y'all just get your license. What are you doing on the majority level? Okay. Okay. Morning, please. So th this would be my suggestion. First off, right now is not a good time entering into insurance. <laughs> Which this is not a this is not right. a suggestion. This is just like this, what would it look like? Even right. with this those high it, premiums. Right. Well, not a good time to start. Oh, joke. It was a joke. Okay. But this is what it would look like if you just get your license. You're gonna want to go captive. Captive what does that mean, mean? Captive means you are employed by a carrier, typically your W two. If you do like a certain carriers that hire W two, I don't want to name any names. Right. Um, but you start with a captive carrier. What a captive carrier means is a company that can only write that specific company. Farmers can only write farmers. State Farm can only write State Farm. Liberty Mutual only writes Liberty. Well, All there's state. something else now, but 
that's a different topic. Um, but those are captive carriers. You can just write that one carrier. Typically, that carrier will provide training. Will provide if you don't have your license, they'll typically pay for you to get your license. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. So that's typically the way. If you just get your license, that's typically the way to go. Is typically what somebody does. Okay. Um, unless you have somebody that owns like a state farm or farmers, and will bring you on and provide that kind of training. Um, so that's kind of. Can how you build so your own book of business? So most people might. Most people might may end up going captive, working for the big company. Right. You get one uh product set mm -hmm. and then you'll hang out there until you get bored and right. you get a lot jump. of training yeah so. you'll, you'll, get you'll, you'll get the training right. Right, right, right. can you take your book of business or does it no. is it all non-compete it's all it with stays the company with the carrier. Okay. yeah it stays there so then let's just say i you know I, i'm an insurance agent with them and i get bored and i think i want to mm -hmm. go do my thing now what does that look like well two different fold but so i'll, I'll say this is our first thing we'll differentiate a little bit on my recommendation if you just got your insurance license. I would say um, work for a great brokerage and learn that industry from the ground up, right? So I was lucky enough to get brought into a company that was starting out, um, that was independent. I don't want to mention them because they're a little Not litigious. Not going to be someone, but uh, so, Please don't. So I mean, the thing is, is like, this is what I, I mean, this is, this is how I hire, right? Is that I tell people, <clears throat> come in for me, bust your ass, two years time, I'm gonna do one of two things. I'm either gonna make the offer really good where you're gonna stay with me, or you're doing so balls to the wall, insane good, that you're gonna go out on your own and I'll let you purchase your own book from me right. for a very discounted price to go get started. Right. So that that's, I mean, that's the way I recruit people is I say, hey, you wanna go start your own, come work for me now. And I'd say about 75% of those agents that come work for me, they say, well, now I do see all the headaches that you have to do and I'm also making good money now, I can do that. So I also tell people, if you do wanna go start your own, you hopefully you have a wife or you have a big bank account, a wife that, work, a wife that works yep. and no kids and that type of thing. Because with insurance, what we talked about earlier is like how you build your book of business. So I tell people, if you're starting your first agency, you're doing really good if you make zero because most are gonna be in the negative. Oh. Um, so if you make zero your first year of starting your own agency, there's a good job. Um, now you have your outliers for sure that do make a little bit on their first year. But right. So I would encourage people to go find that person you trust, that brokerage. The captive, the captive way isn't bad. Um, I just feel like it's you wasted two years instead of you're still learning using that though, two yeah. years right. to get yeah. where you want to be. Well, you, yeah, there's really no right or wrong. No, like, for sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I, just, I, just I guess say, it's like, like income. Like, yeah, I was just saying like, that's, yeah. a, that's the first different way. That was the first time where I think we kind of saw a different little bit angle, and like, mm -hmm. that would be the angle I see. I, the captive, I went first to captive, and it taught me a lot. And then I went to the independent market. Um, but I'd say the biggest thing about insurance is that if you're really, really now, obviously, no realtor is going to be selling a hundred homes their first year type situation. But the realtor cost of entering all those sort of things, like you can make money your first year yeah. in real estate it, it's hard to start an agency and make, and money. make money your first year really really hard so you need a lot of capital to get well started. the captives will mm -hmm. give you a subsidy which like so for a carrier that 
I don't want to give too many names, but they'll give you a stipend. Right. It's a draw. Right. So after two years, guess what? You start paying them back though. So it's not really like they weren't paying you a salary. They're giving you. They're a just draw. giving you an advance. They're giving you an advance. What happens correct. if you don't continue? Then do you owe that money? Yeah, some there's ways to get around Yes. I'm moving. I'm moving Everyone got Irish. I tell you what, it depends how much you owe. If they think it's worth coming after you. But if you're W two, if you go and you work for a captive, like you're. I'm guessing you're talking about a company that starts with an L. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Liberty, don't, liberty, say liberty. don't say the word. No, I don't want to get sued. Um, yeah, don't get sued. So Lobby Bobby. Yeah. Lobby <laughs> Bobby Insurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. I heard about them. They're great. Oh, they got great, great coverage. Great company. Yeah. Uh, but they will give you, I mean, you have a salary. Right. So you have a base salary. Your first three months, you're going to get, you know, X amount or whatever. You've got benefits. So if that's the situation that you need, like you want to get into this industry, but you still need to get a paycheck, you're going to have a salary. You're going to have benefits. You're going to have training. So you learn basically the insurance market because every carrier, again, is going to be a little bit different. Um, is going to be a little bit different, of course. But you learn the the basically the groundwork, right, of how insurance works. Um, and once you leave, one, you don't get to take your book, but you don't owe a stipend or draws, or you don't right. owe that back because you were W two. So what I, I try to convince people when they come work for me, I, don't, I, I say try, but like I, I want to bring in the right type of people. And what I do is tell them at the end of two years, you have a crossroads to do. Right. Come work, stay with us, and we're going to love to have you because you're great and all these different things. Or, I mean, I have some people right now that are thinking about going on their own, which I think their opportunity is great to do. And they get to buy their book from me, and they get to do – I do the owner financing on it over two years. So you get to take all their clients with them. That's and I still, yeah. I still make that's a, a good paycheck. revenue for you. I mean, that's right. a good business model for you. Yeah, so they're going to be paying me for two years with a 10% interest rate. Which Lindsay is never made it that far. <laughs> she didn't get close. <laughs> Don't name names. I'll name fucking names. <laughs> I'll let him name all the goddamn day. But the way, that, the way that I do things are a little bit unique, but I will say, um, but that's your choice as a business owner. Right. Everybody's got their flavor. And, that, and the reason I got attracted to insurance in the first place is because I wanted to manage a team. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at different ways to do that, and uh, insurance allowed me to do that. So I like to cut things up and make things like different than I see other places, and try to work that out. I mean, I'm sure y'all see this too. The hiring market has gone so crazy over the last five years, where it was like not that hard to hire to impossible to hire. Yeah, and get good people too. Well, yeah, no, I think I think yeah. I had people that were sending in resumes to check off to make sure they still got their not unemployment right and they'd be like yeah i showed up for this interview but like did i really show up yeah and the answer was no um i tell the story yeah. is like i had this one girl who she had a very unique name so i googled it like i google everybody right and she stole someone's dog while she was an amazon driver oh god and i was like these are the type of <laughs> these are the type of resumes i'm getting and i'm like there's no way it's not her it's from the dfw metroplex her name is xyz and there's like no one that has this there's name. no way yeah there's no and way she like stole someone's dog while she was delivering a package <laughs> now i wonder what type of dog but uh yeah. Yeah. that's that neither here nor there and where was the dog that she stole it like out of the neighbor's backyard. Did, did the owners get the leash back? laws? Yeah. yeah, they did. Because she went to jail for it. Oh, God. oh man. Well, I mean, I mean, but that, does she work for you? Is that called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's, 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 she's on the customer service yeah, team. Yeah. I mean, you could look at it two ways. I mean, she's ballsy. Dude, she yeah. slings yeah. accounts. You like probably no get away with maybe a little bit lower pay. It. You know. But that was that was like coming at the towards the end of you know 20, 20, 21, So like the beginning of twenty one, and that was the type of candidates you're getting. It was like. Not, you know, we, not we've, great. Been, we've been fortunate, man. We anytime we kind of wave that flag, we get a lot of 
not a cool video, but we have a bunch of, bunch of different facets that we can kind of dangle from them and say, hey, you know, if you don't want to do this, if this doesn't work out, we got this. We've got, the multiple, hardest we've got part, multiple fronts. We've, we've, we've done different aspects of hiring. We've done the long road, the shoot from the hip. We've done the, oh, shit, I see you need a job. Come work for us. And to be honest with you, I don't think there's any calculated way to do it. I think just sometimes you luck out, sometimes yeah. you don't. Yeah, yeah I mean, I had somebody who I really, really respect that's in this industry and hired a maybe 300 different people that are sales oriented in this industry and he told me the best of the best can only shoot 50 percent yeah right yeah. because someone can interview Thank really you, really Ashley. great someone can do that so there's the best of the best if they shoot 50 percent um you know that's what it is um do you want a white so, the, you want the, no, that's good. so are you guys kind of like the way that um that realist i only can say this from the real estate agent perspective real estate agents can be on their own and they can do business or they can start to take uh, over time. They can get, become a broker and take in agents underneath them. Is that the same in, in, in y'all's world? Could you operate just independently? Is, is do you need what, different license insurance to like actually you? host agents? I am a team. You are a team. He is a team. I am you the are team. the team. Yeah. So, so you are just like powerhouse of one. Right, one woman show. Well, one so woman you show. Da- I mean, yeah. you got a pretty cool setup too, because I mean, uh, well, it's probably frustrating. I know we were talking about it a little bit, but yeah. So does David get to feed you deals? Is there any sort of like conflict of interest with that, or can it? He doesn't, only because he works on the Northeast team. So he's okay. up working in like Rhode Island, gotcha. that kind of area, and he, I don't know. TPS does he have connects? He can say, "Hey, send it to my wife," or else. I mean, the dude's big. I'd, I'd listen to him yeah, if he said, scared. if he said, send it to my wife. <laughs> Unfortunately, not because I'm not licensed up in those states. Okay. But my best friend is a lender, and she she's got me in good. Nice. Yeah. So the the majority is. So, I mean, real estate agents are they probably feed you guys some deals, but the lenders are going to be the huckleberries. Huh? So I, I say this is kind of my like when I'm hiring new agents, they're like, should I go after realtors? I love my realtors, mm-hmm. but what I always tell my my agents is realtors are great bait. For the lenders. Yes, that's <laughs> yeah. really true. So I, I like, if I have a good realtor, especially like uh, so a, a new realtor, maybe that's like I can tell they're going to be really good. Um, I'm like, do y'all have a, a lender that you really use? And the answer is no. I'm like, okay, I think these two personalities mesh, and I'm going to bring this lender and this realtor together, and then hopefully we can create that triangle. So I say, as a good realtor sends you two a quarter, while a great lender sends you five a month. Gotcha. And also when the lender sends it to us, the close rate is way higher because the lender's sending it to us on like... They hey, have to get it done. Yeah, they're yeah. like, this is day zero <laughs> yeah. and their state farm agent you have is way week. too high, yeah. blah, blah, right. blah. Like, get this done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah, and I appreciate that hustle, man. It, it, we're very similar in both of our arenas that we, we work in. And it's very much so, I mean, starting off careers in both little realms, man, it's... It's tight butthole, dude. I mean, you got to kind of grind your way through it and actually give it. And I, I respect both of you guys. I, you know, I know y'all in different kind of times of my life, and um, I, I think it's really cool that y'all hustle and. Well, I appreciate y'all being the whale shark that we all follow. With I always say we're like the sucker fish, the lenders, the insurance. Yeah, we're just like following the realtors. Y'all go, y'all go do all y'all's marketing. Start your podcast. You bring the clients in, and we'll feed off of it. Come on, yeah. Well, it's all it's this big, it's this big feeding ground, and yeah, I mean we. We need lenders. Lenders need us. You guys need yeah. lenders. We're, we're lenders all need part us of the too, right? They don't get paid unless yeah. yeah we're all yeah. we're all yeah. working yeah. To, we're all working together in in, in some degree, shape, or form. We'll throw a title cool in there. Title. We don't forget about you. Titles, oh, titles, titles off on, a, on an island, but we still appreciate titles. Them for cool. Titles do. wild, man. Title, title, title seems like a titles fun to hang out with. They need yeah. When you guys are slinging your insurance, then titles doing title insurance. You're like, I mean, I just I like to party with title. What's up, title? What's up, title? Hey, we got some good title. 
Long yeah. time title. Let's go. It's like your it's like your cousin hey, two oh, states over. Hey, the hats off to this one. Everybody yeah, in these no, industries bravo, though are fun people, man. I mean, like obviously you got these boobs that, that sit here and do the little robotic dance in mm-hmm. front of everybody to make their business. It's funny we were talking to other agents about big events that happen in like the real real estate circuit. It's, it's always humbling watching these little dipshits that make a lot of money, you know, in this industry. To me, the, what, what gets me and kind of keeps me moving is just the personality sets that kind of reside yeah. in everything that we do, from the lenders to you guys to the title companies to just other agents, man. It's fun, man. It's, it's yeah. a good gig. It takes a special person to be self-motivated to chase your coin, you know? It's like... Everybody else sure. just gets to sit at a desk and let somebody else feed it to them. Well, it's, yeah. it's nice to sit across from another young insurance agency owner because, like, I think the average in Texas is fifty-eight. Dude, I know some older insurance people that are yeah. bald. Well, the, the average, really? the average yeah, insurance bald. agency is owner that, in Texas yeah. is fifty-eight like years old. Is it just because it's kind of like not a sexy? It's not a sexy industry. Correct. Like it, no one's no one's saying like when I grow up I want to be an insurance agent but you no. but then t- yeah. but like when you're if deciding you meet that your career, person give them my number because I'm hired yeah, hey, come <laughs> yeah. Here. but otherwise you're like you're like wait they make they make what oh wow and also like W two aspects yeah. like benefits well, I don't the other think you get that in a lot like of other in our yeah. areas or le- do lenders get yeah when I convince a twenty two year old like in three years you're gonna be set in like three years might as well be a hundred. Yeah, true. And you're like, oh, I'm almost 40. Well, same thing with us. I mean, you got it's like a roll, a snowball rolling down a hill. Some some hills are steeper than others. You know, it just depends on how quick yeah. you make that 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 growth. But either way, pleasure having you guys on. This was a lot of fun to chop it up. It, it's illuminating on some of the things. I'm terrified about my speeding ticket now. If you've learned one thing on this podcast, as soon as you get a speeding ticket, call your insurance agent right away. I mean, don't don't wait. Befriend your insurance agent. They're there to help you out and consult with you. It's not just to sling you insurance. Y'all can even hit the same rock together. I mean, there's those I mean, scenarios too. What are the odds? We're, es- we're Eskimo <laughs> rock brothers. <laughs> we hit rocks. I didn't know this type of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we just took a turn. Uh, I want to give you guys a chance to look deep, Martin, deeply into the camera and tell people how they can find you. Um, I don't know. Do I throw my number out there? What do I do? Well, yeah, yeah. No, here's, just say, like, just say your company. Handle. They'll find. We'll, we'll put, we'll put your information me. on. Yeah. We'll put your information on the show notes. But just like, if you want them to look at your uh, social media, just like whatever. Yeah. How do you want to plug yourself? It's up to you. Uh, got a website www.gosimmonsinsurance.com my name is martinique simmons i don't know that there's another martinique simmons out there I don't know. that's an insurance so pretty easy to find me she's Bring crushing it, it. you'll we'll find plug it. it chase uh go to converseinsurance.com you can go to our about us page and then click any of the links find your agent that looks like they'd be the best fit for you and go from there bada bing bada boom wonderful sponsors don't forget we're looking for you we need to keep the lights on so we can continue this otherwise uh, i'm justin rourke I'm John Martin, man. Like our stuff. We dig it. We want to bring more of the shit to you, the people. Keep watching. Like, subscribe, ring that bell. Let's roll. Let's keep it going. Thank you, everybody. Cheers. Cheers.